1: Time decisions. I don't think the Yankees are a legitimate threat to win the World Series. I might be in a minority here. You know the Yankees over the last 28 games, what their record is? 14 and 14. Exactly. They're, they're playing 500, 500 as well. Over the last month, it's not just a, a small sample size. And the Red Sox are kicking ass. They look great. You know, the Yankees, they rely on the long ball. They have a lot of guys that strike out a lot. It's mm-hmm. the modern uh, style of baseball team, so it's sort of all or nothing. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents... The DFS Lineup Lock Hour. Sponsored by DailyRoto.com. Yeah, fascinating story. The McDonald's Monopoly scam... Man, the votes are really uh, piling in right now for the who makes the best fried chicken poll. KFC, 26%. Popeyes, 32%. Chick-fil-A, 23%. Other, 19%. We've got 393 votes. All right, we've talked uh, quite a lot of baseball uh, on the program today. Let's continue to talk uh, baseball, but uh, let's do this from a, a DFS perspective with uh, one of the best DFS players in the world. A uh, multi, uh, multi-winner multi various uh, large-ass uh, contests. Drew Dinkmeyer. need I uh, say more, steps up and in. Drew, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So, Drew, we we had Mike Blewett on earlier. We were talking a little bit about the Chicago Bears. I know you're a Cubs guy. and He brought you up when we were talking about the Bears. And He said, oh, I feel bad because I know Drew's coming on later, but I'm kind of down on the Bears their win total six and a half on the season of course they play their first game this Thursday in a Hall of Fame game against the Ravens Uh, you know there's I'm reading a lot of enthusiasm with the new coaching staff new coordinator new coach they're gonna be incorporating all this fun stuff in the offense but I have my reservations about Mark Helfrich who has zero NFL experience as the offensive coordinator What's uh, what's your take um, coming into the season on the Chicago Bears, just from a fan perspective or maybe even a, a fantasy perspective as well?
0: Well, I think it's hard not to have uh, optimism around the team, given where it's coming from. I mean, an offense led by John Fox is probably the least inspiring in all of football <laughs> the last few years, so there's nowhere to go but up. Um, as far as how good they are, it'll, it'll be interesting to see their defense was pretty good last year and it's mostly guys in kind of the middle of their careers. And obviously they need to get Roquan Smith signed, um, and in there as well to, to make a difference on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, offensively, I think just seeing some innovation in itself is exciting as a Bears fan. I mean, as, as, as the history of the Chicago bears has not been you know, kind on the offensive side of the ball outside of, you know, a few great running backs. So seeing anything that tries to be a little bit um, new age, a little bit more advanced and try to spread uh, defenses out is pretty exciting from my perspective.
1: It's a good point. Even, you know, even in their heyday, when they even when their Super Bowl years, you're right. The offense was never really a dynamic uh, one. You know, they had Willie Galt. McMahon had had a few years, obviously, Walter Payton. Uh, one, you know, my favorite player of all time, uh, Walter Payton. Yeah, but you're right. I think of the Bears offense, and I just sort of envision Ditka yelling at Harbaugh. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, mean, I, I envision Mike, Mike, Mike Tomczak. Yeah, the, you're right. There was a lot of years of sort of that I've, Mike
0: Tomczak era, right? I've, I've gotten into this with people on Twitter, but I, the best Bears quarterback of my lifetime is Eric Kramer like that's wow. that's i mean that it's boring it's not fun and so just from a fan perspective the idea that they might open it up a little bit more and potentially be more exciting is 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 good the division's very tough so in terms of like racking up wins you know Minnesota green bay and detroit i would all expect to be you know there's no bottom feeders in the division So there's not, you know, it's not like a division where you get like, you know, two free scheduled wins a year based on who's in the division. So I don't know how good they'll be, but I I think they'll be a much, much more exciting team. And, you know, the the interesting thing will just be the development of Trubisky in year two, which is always difficult to, you know, put a quarterback, a young quarterback through multiple systems in his first few years in the NFL. But hopefully this is one that highlights his skill set a little bit better.
1: He's got a great arm. Uh, he does. There's no, there's no disputing that. But you know, he's still, he's still extremely wrong He played 13 games at North Carolina. I actually looked, uh, Drew, just because uh, I'm so excited for the start of the NFL. I looked at DraftKings today to see if they have anything up uh, for the Hall of Fame game on on Thursday. They don't. Although curiously enough, they actually have salaries and players up for Week One uh, already on DraftKings right now. But I wanted to ask you, do you play uh, preseason uh, DFS? I have not played a lot of preseason DFS
0: in the past. I have been told it is a very profitable endeavor for those who are very good at researching news and notes and trying to understand who's going to get playing time. Um, So I think it's one that if you're willing to kind of work the angles, uh, you can can do well at it. I have backed off of it generally because the preseason time for me is a lot of crunch work getting our tools and our projections kind of up to speed we are a little bit ahead of the curve i think there's a chance that we'll be releasing our week one projections our first edition uh some point later this week so wow. we're we're prepared we're pretty excited so I, I might dabble a little bit more in preseason than i have in the past
1: all right so let's uh let's talk some baseball uh right now what, what were your thoughts on uh, tonight's uh, baseball card from a dfs perspective initial reaction when you looked at it
0: I think my, the, the very first thing that stood out to me is everybody's going to love Arizona tonight in a lot yeah. of different ways. Um, Robbie Ray is clearly priced at a different level than he historically has been. He's usually been closer to a 10K pitcher on both sites. He's he's underpriced. He's going to be very popular. And I think when you look at a lot of the pitchers on the slate, the one guy that kind of stands out as you know the weakest among all the pitchers going is, is Martin Perez. And the Diamondbacks are healthier now. They've added Eduardo Escobar, so they've got a little bit more depth to the lineup. A.J. Pollock's back. Steven Souza is historically at left-handed pitching well, of course, with Paul Goldschmidt. I think the Diamondbacks are going to be the most popular team on the slate, and we don't have them as a team so far out in front of all the other teams from you know a stack rankings perspective uh, that we kind of feel, yes, they're one of the best offenses on the slate, but they're probably going to be overowned and thus a better team to fade in GPPs.
1: It's interesting that you bring, you start with them because I want to ask you, the first base position sort of intrigues me from that perspective in that Paul Goldschmidt, I imagine, is going to be the most owned uh, first baseman tonight. Yeah, he's $4,700, but you've got Edwin Encarsion who seems to be in a really nice spot uh, this evening. And, you know, Justin Bohr to me, is flying under the radar here at uh, at four thousand dollars, some real nice numbers against a uh, Tehran seven for seventeen. How are you approaching the first base spot tonight?
0: Yeah, Goldschmidt is clearly going to be very popular. He's he's underpriced as well. Like him and Robbie Ray just stick out like a sore thumb relative to where you'd usually expect them. You know, in the past, Paul Goldschmidt at home against a left-handed pitcher would be well over five thousand dollars would be the asking price. Now you've got it in the mid fours. Um, I do think there's ways at first base. There's always ways to pivot because those guys usually have a lot of power attached to them. Edwin Encarnacion is certainly one of them. He's part of our favorite uh, stack in in Cleveland tonight. Uh, Justin Bohr, I think is more interesting for me on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. He's only $2,500 on FanDuel. He's really cheap over there. DraftKings, I think the price tag is appropriate. Um, He does obviously have big power upside and Tehran has always struggled with power-oriented left-handed bats. That's kind of been his weakness. So Bohr and Derek Dietrich are the guys from the Marlins that should give Tehran problems um in in it's it's warm in atlanta there's a lot of humidity with kind of pop-up storms in the area so the ball should be traveling there i don't mind Bohr and gpps i just like the price tag a little bit better on fanduel than on DraftKings.
1: Um, uh, it seems that jose ramirez uh seems to be one of the highest projected players uh tonight from an offensive uh, perspective is he too expensive do you agree with that or is he a must play tonight
0: he's he's tough to get in there it's uh the challenge on this slate is that there's not a lot of you know everybody's kind of priced right honestly on the hitting side except like Paul Goldschmidt and so like yeah. Ramirez at 5700 is really priced appropriately We have actually on DraftKings, we have zero uh, positive values in our projection system at the third base position. So he's the second best, but he's a negative value on the whole, meaning our projection doesn't expect him to meet his price tag. So, you know, I think he's a fine play if you can get up to him, but it's very difficult on the slate to get up to him because there's also no value in the outfield. And so when there's like a lack of value in the outfield, you tend to kind of find a way to, you know, get up to some of the higher mid-tier priced outfielders, which can suck up the, the salary cap quickly.
1: That's you know just sort of a um, casual fan type of uh, baseball DFS player. That's the thing that pisses me off. All the outfielders are so bloody expensive. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that yeah, like you said, you, you get what you pay for. An outfielder that I did use a couple. I'll throw a couple of them at you here. Uh, we talked about Arizona. Everyone on Goldschmidt. Am I too obvious uh, in liking Pollock here tonight for fifty-one hundred on DraftKings?
0: So my mo- my one concern is just that Arizona as a whole will have so much ownership as a stack that Pollock's not going to fly under the radar, even though he's a little bit underpriced. So I think Pollock's a good play. I just think in tournaments he's going to be a little bit overowned for his price, and I'd rather you know go up a, a little bit you know a little bit around him to if I'm going to spend like five thousand dollars, I'd rather. Uh, go up to like you know Mookie Betts or Jose Ramirez all the way up and get a little bit of a different um, approach or JD Martinez who I really like in GPPs at 5300 um, I think those guys are going to be much less owned because they're facing in the case of the Red Sox they're facing a very good pitcher in Aaron Nola um, so I like pivoting to the expensive Red Sox over the expensive Diamondbacks
1: and GPPs. Uh, Michael Brantley is a guy the computer seem to like a lot uh, today Drew $4,600 on DraftKings
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys that's a good value. Um, He's one of the few guys, I would say, that is not overpriced in the outfield. He's pretty much fairly priced, and it's a good matchup. So he's uh, popping into a lot of our optimal lineups in the outfield. Some of the other outfielders uh, around there that I think are priced appropriately would be Ronald Acuna, uh, Jock Peterson, Will Myers, all those guys have pretty good price tags in the mid fours. I wish all of them were like 4,200, 4,300. It would just make the slate a lot, uh, friendlier in terms of lineup construction. But as far as the outfielders go, those are some of the guys that we're looking towards.
1: All right. So let's talk about the pitchers. Um, who, who do you like uh, tonight? Um, you know, in a one pitching format and a potentially two pitcher format. It's a really
0: tough slate for pitching, and it's not like we don't have good pitchers on the slate. It's just a combination of guys coming back from injury or um, guys not pitching as well of
1: late. I want to ask you about Paxton, actually, too. Yeah, Yeah, so so it's
0: it's a tricky thing. Like, Paxton projects fine for us, but you have more downside than upside in any projection when a guy's probably going to be on a pitch count. We don't exactly know what the pitch count will be. Uh, We're guessing that it'll be somewhere around 80, 85 pitches. Um, but we don't think it's going to be up near 100. So as a result, you're probably just not going to get the usual outing from Paxton. Now, people will say, well, he's facing Houston anyway, but this is not the same Houston lineup without Jose Altuve, without Carlos Correa. It's a very watered-down version, so I think it's a good matchup. I brought it up,
1: Drew, a couple of minutes ago. They're hitting 196 since the All-Star break, the Houston Astros.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good matchup for Paxton. I just don't think he'll go deep enough. Now, the price is down. He's down below 10,000, which is a great price tag for James Paxton, but... Man, I wish he had made that first start back from the DL. or yeah. this was like a week ago when he got scratched with kind of the neck issue, the recurrence because then he was he was close enough to the last time he had pitched. They didn't have too big of a concern with the pitch count. Now he's another you know, week, ten days out. It starts to really uh, worry you. So I think Paxton is like in this weird limbo space where, I would normally love him in this spot, but the pitch count makes it so that that takes away the upside, so he's not a great GPP play. We've got Kenta Maeda, who's priced similarly as a little bit stronger cash game play, so I'm kind of looking there as as a Ray-Maeda pairing. Um, but it 's a tricky slate. I think Julio Tehran will be popular as long as you know weather issues subside in Miami or in uh, Atlanta simply because he 's facing the Marlins and the Marlins are, are a team that you know people like to pick on, but that implied total has moved up against Tehran as the day 's gone on, possibly because of some of his struggles historically against Miami. I think Carlos Martinez has a good price tag, but again, Carlos Martinez has not been himself. Um, and is coming off a DL stint, a quick one, uh, not an extended one by any means, so I don't expect a pitch count concern there. But Colorado's a weaker offense, certainly on the road, and they have Trevor Story out of the lineup, so a little bit of a watered-down lineup tonight. Um, and then other guys that have big strikeout upside, like Freddie Peralta and Garrett Cole, I think are largely priced appropriately and then Aaron Nola, who's priced down, has this really difficult matchup with the Red Sox that I'm not super interested in. So it's kind of tough for me. The, the a lot cash of negatives. Game... <laughs> yeah, the cash game pitch... <laughs> The cash game pitchers that I kind of like are Robbie Ray and Kenta Maeda. I think Robbie Ray is going to be massively owned in GPPs, but I really can't find a way away a from Robbie Ray tonight simply because I don't love all the other options at pitcher.
1: Uh, two guys you didn't mention, and I was taking a look at, uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Bieber. Uh, He got lit up in his last start, and I think it'll probably scare some people away, but that was just one start. Uh, He's been very good, specifically on the road, too. He usually pitches well. What do you make of Bieber tonight?
0: So he's a guy that really struggles against lefties and has been really good against righties. So the first thing I noticed when uh, that lineup came out from the Twins is they had a bunch of lefties in. Oddly, they did not have Logan Morrison in it, Uh, but they're starting out with Joe Maurer, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler sitting fifth, Grossman sixth. So five of the first six batters are lefty. Ah, uh, they're not great left-handed hitters, but they are lefties, and that makes it a little bit tough, Ron Bieber. I think he's ok in GPPs because I think he'll get run support. and I think he'll be allowed to work uh, deep potentially with the lead. So I think he's an ok option, but he's not like a primary target for me. Um but I'm also <laughs> I'm also kind of as as you as you uh, heard when I talked about the other pitchers, I'm not super excited about anybody
1: on the slate, so he kind of qualifies in that in that tier. you know, here's a guy I can't believe i'm going I'm gonna suggest, but as a betting man, I've actually lost betting against him a couple of times with my famous last words, me and Camp. This guy's a gas can. Yeah, you know, I'm taking the other team. This guy's a gas <laughs> I can. I, you, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Derek Holland. Yep, exactly. Derek Holland, <laughs> yeah. who has hey, the. He really weirdest hasn't stats. been a gas can.
0: Yeah. yeah. He has some of the weirdest stats. I tweeted this out last night. I, you know, single season platoon splits can vary wildly because they're relatively small samples. But I have not seen anything as strange as this in a year for a pitcher who's pitched a whole lot. He against righties this year, he's allowed a 3.41 weighted on base average and a 2.25 ISO, which is totally expected. He's struggled against righties. He's a left-handed pitcher, but he struck out 27% of them. And then lefties, he's only struck out 12.5% of them, but he's held them to a 2.21 weighted on base average and a .037 ISO. So against righties, it's either rockets or strikeouts. And against lefties, every ball's going to a defender. I don't understand how that works um the Padres obviously aren't a very deep offense I in wish in a Holland, park tonight in a pitch yeah in a pitcher's park I wish Holland was a thousand dollars cheaper a thousand dollars cheaper and I'd be much more interested 7600 I'm going to have some but it's just a tough I mean it's just a tough price tag um I think Tehran and, and Carlos Martinez historically are, are better pitchers than Holland that's what's crazy isn't right it? around him
1: yeah. Then if we would have said, let's say, four weeks ago or something, and Holland would be $200 less than Carlos Martinez only, say, no, <laughs> no. Like, right? like, it is some strange pricing tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it, may, it it certainly makes you think. So I would say Holland's an okay GPV play. We also have the guy opposite him in that game, Eric Lauer, who's yeah, yeah. just allowed tons of hard contact. He's allowed like a 40% hard hit rate to righties, 36% hard hit rate to lefties. But we he's 4,200. So we got him in the mix, too.
1: You know what? I wanted to take him in the last start. He got scratched. I was pissed. <laughs> uh, thanks, <laughs> uh, thanks, Drew. It's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Man, that time just flew by talking DFS. We'll talk a little more DFS. We'll talk best bets uh, of the day and more. Tell you who's hot, who's not. Major League Baseball lineup lock live. Game time decisions continues. 844- 84 FNTSY. That's 844 843 6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. Thanks to Drew Dinkmeyer for joining us. Don't forget, we're giving away more World Series tickets right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This time, it's to the winner of a free DFS baseball contest. Contest are sponsored by DKMS. Looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their family. 70%, nearly 14,000 each year. Must rely on a stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help the cause and win 2018 World Series tickets playing free daily fantasy baseball by going to dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. Your ticket to the World Series and someone's ticket to life. And uh, don't forget as well, if you're uh, laying it down this evening, why not do it over at mybookie.ag. You can get a 50% uh, deposit uh, bonus. If you're uh, tired of uh, playing Daily uh, fantasy sports and the algorithms and the Dick Myers, <laughs> and uh, and the late scratches ditch the hassle of dealing with the late scratches and experts winning ninety percent of the money. Invest in the players you want without salary caps. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up. Choose your matchups using the prop builder tool. That's mybookie.ag promo code FNTSY. All right, so uh, let's continue talking. Some uh, Major League Baseball DFS. I love talking to Drew Dinkmeyer. We all learn. Uh, makes uh, makes us smarter. Helps uh, help for betting purposes as well, as well uh, I find. I like his takes uh, on these games. So let's get into the pitchers that I'm going to be taking a look at. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at uh, at Bieber here tonight, all right? Uh, the Indians come in tonight to a target field. They're 8-2 and two over the, their past 10 road games. They're 4-1 and one their past uh, five road games against teams. Um... Uh, with a with a winning record, actually, which uh, Minnesota don't, but uh, nevertheless, uh, they're four and zero in Bieber's uh, past uh, four uh, games against American League uh, Central Division foes. Well, they're four and zero in his past four uh, against losing teams, and six and two in his last uh, eight starts. Overall, he got roughed up in his last uh, start, so I think some people are going to uh, you know get away from him a little bit. But before his last start, where he got beat up a little bit. He was five and one with a three point five three earned run average. He had forty four strikeouts in in his past forty five innings. All right, over uh, the eight games. So I like the fact. I think the Indians are going to win this game tonight. You heard Drew Dinkmeyer state that he think he thinks that the Indians will probably give Bieber some run support, so it'll allow Bieber to stay uh, to stay in the game uh, for a while. So we're going to take a look at uh, Bieber. Uh, tonight, now I can't believe I'm doing this, but this is where the betting comes into play here. And I was talking about Derek Holland. All right, uh, San Diego strike out the most in baseball. All right, they strike out 25 percent of the time. Um, they're also dead last with a 288 uh, WOBA. Um This is this is something that's going to shock people, but I know this because I've lost money betting against him, in which Derek Holland has given up three or fewer runs in eight straight freaking starts, man. All right, He allowed two earned runs and eight hits in his last two games, over 12 and a third innings, over his last two starts. He struck out 12 batters. He struck out 12 batters. Uh, he's striking out a batter an inning, 12 strikeouts in 12 and a third innings. He gets San Diego tonight in a pitcher's park, and as we talked about it, San Diego strike out the most. They're, they, they've got the worst. Woba, there's, uh, there's a lot to like uh, here about Derek Holland this evening. He'll also incidentally be betting on the San Francisco Giants uh, in this spot. Now, I wanted to take Jeff Mathis tonight at catcher, and I was wondering why he was only $2,900 because he's not playing. <laughs> and it really sucks, man, because, uh, man, he's on a five-game hitting streak. He's got seven hits his last five games, seven RBIs over his last five games. He racked up 53 drafting points, and he was only $2,900, and he was against Martin Perez, but he's not playing, so we'll get back to the catcher position. Um, we're going with Alan Hansen uh, tonight. Speaking of the San Francisco Giants, Alan Hansen. Um, Alan Hansen is somebody that the computers love uh, this evening. Very different, various computer projections. Um, you look at um, you look at the projections tonight for second base, and Alan Hansen's right up there. He's actually valued as a good outfield spot tonight, too. You can pencil him in at second base or the outfield, $3,800. Now, first base, we talked about this with Drew Dinkmeyer. First base is interesting tonight. There's a lot of options. Ed, you got to believe that Goldschmidt's going to be the, the most owned. And at $4,700, it is a pretty damn good price for Goldschmidt. You can get in a car C on for $4,600. Ed, Edwin's starting to dial it up a notch. Um, you know, had a home run yesterday, two for four, 21 DK points. He's in a nice spot here this evening. Uh, but when it's all said and done, man, I'm going with Justin Bohr. And I don't think, you know, everyone's going to own Goldschmidt. I think a lot of, some people might own Edwin here. I don't think as many, just because cosmetically they'll stay away from um, uh, from the Miami Marlin Bats. Uh, but Justin Bohr matches up real nicely with Julio Tarrant. In fact, he's 7 for 17 with a home run, and he's cheaper too. He's $4,000. Goldschmidt's 4,700. Edwin is uh, 46. We talked about the computers loving Alan Hansen uh, this evening. So, This is sort of a computer-projected play in Allen Hansen. If you're thinking about putting him in your lineup, don't feel stupid. The computers love him tonight. Um, Jose Ramirez is a guy, as Drew Dickmeyer alluded to. Yeah, he's one of the top plays tonight, but he's also damn expensive. Drew said he'd rather, if he's going to spend $5,700, he'd rather have exposure um, to the Red Sox uh, bats, even though the Red Sox bats get Aaron Nola uh, tonight. But it's hard to uh, it's hard to argue with Ramirez. I mean, 30 home runs, 74 RBIs, and the thing is with Ramirez too, he's really um, he's crushed. He's crushed uh, Santana. All right, Urban Santana is on the hill tonight. He's batting 458 against him, seven RBIs. He's 11 for 24 against Santana. Uh, for the record, the computers have Santana. Um, and Ramirez here is the best matchup of the night. Like Ramirez is projected he's projected to put up like thirteen point seven drafting points uh this evening. Um he's expensive, but I'm just letting you know he is projected to be the uh, the highest um the highest scorer uh tonight. Now Marcus Semyon is someone that we've been taking pretty much on a nightly basis and he's been good to us. Uh, pretty much on a daily and nightly uh, basis. He gets Marco Estrada tonight. has given up 15 home runs on the season um, in just 89 innings as well. We know about these Oakland Athletic bats. I think he's pretty affordable, man. He's $3,300 on FanDuel. He's $3,800 on, uh, on DraftKings. We're playing DraftKings uh, tonight. When football starts, we'll start mixing it up and getting into a FanDuel as well. But, you know, you look at, um, you know, Semyon's cooled off just a little bit. uh, But getting back home here tonight, um, I think uh, he's in a nice spot uh, with Estrada on the hill for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, A.J. Pollock uh, tonight. A.J. Pollock, I think he's starting to dial it in uh, just a little bit. I mean, don't forget, he was on the DL, right? So it's taken him a little while to get into a groove right now. But he's up to 14 home runs. Um, he hit a home run, actually, uh, in his last uh, game yesterday, actually. He went two for four with a home run and an RBI, 17 drafting points. He's at home tonight against Perez. We remember what happened last week when Perez was on the hill against the Oakland Athletics. It was, you know, it was like a Pacific Coast League game, all right? Double-digit runs, high scoring. So, um, you know, basically like Drew Dickmeyer was saying, Arizona are going to be the big stack here tonight. I'm not. I don't really have them stacked because I know everyone's going to own them. I t- I tend to try to be a contrarian with this stuff, but I needed to get a piece, and I got a feeling Pollock hits another home run here tonight, and gets a couple of RBIs. I think Pollock's going to have a big night tonight. Michael Brantley. We talk about uh, Michael Brantley. Um, the computers are all over Michael Brantley tonight. If you look at the computer projections, Brantley pops up. Uh, Consistently, he's making a nice, got a great contact rate, eighty-five percent of the time. Man, he's only strikes out eight percent of the time. He's getting on base thirty-five percent of the time, eight point two five OPS. Brantley's in a nice spot uh, here this evening, and a guy that I like, and I'm glad that uh, Drew Dinkmeyer brought him up as well, is uh, is Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson uh, gets Peralta tonight. And, yeah, Peralta strikes out, guys, all right? But he's also a pretty wild pitcher, 22 walks, 22 walks and 43 innings. And uh, he's given up 10 runs in his last two starts uh, as well. This is something that really caught my eye in this spot here. Peralta's fly ball rate, 51%, 51.5 to be exact, 51.5 fly ball rate, 38.5% hard contact uh, rate, and uh, you've got Jock Peterson uh, right now, who, you know, when Jock connects, man, and leaves the park. 14 home runs against right-handed uh, pitchers. Uh, we can't confirm that he's batting leadoff. We don't see the Dodgers lineup uh, yet tonight, but I think Jock Peterson's in a nice spot. We're going to have to do something about our catching uh, position, though. I swear to God, man, it's like a nightly basis, huh? Like, somebody's going to get freaking scratched. Somebody's gonna get scratched. All right. So what can we do here? I don't really have a lot of damn options, man. Well, Sandy Leon is only twenty eight hundred dollars tonight. But that's because he really doesn't do very much. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have to come up uh I'm gonna have to come up with the catcher. Let me I will trust in the projections. You know, these the baseball I basically if I like a guy and the computer likes a guy, then I really like him, right? You know, I'll sort of mix it up. I'll go with some guys that I like and some hot bats, et cetera. But I'm mixing in more of the computer more and more. You know, we're doing okay. We went some head-to-heads. But um, golf is where it's been our success in the DraftKings. We'll get to that in a second, actually. I look forward to talking. Uh, Cam's been killing it the last couple of weeks, too, in golf. All right, so I've got $3,200 to spend. The computers are saying that Austin Hedges is the best uh, guy for $3,200. Austin Hedges or uh, J.R. Murphy? I was going to go with Mathis. Man, Man, Murphy sucks, but he does have nine home runs. The guy, man, the guy that hasn't gotten a hit in like forever. (laughs) You know, I don't really want to take him. while? what's Austin Hedges? What, What can Austin Hedges do here? Austin Hedges actually, look, not too bad. He's actually a little hot. He's actually starting, too. He hasn't played since the 28th. He got the day off the other day. But he had four DK points, 14 DK points, 17 DK points, five DK points, seven DK points. It's actually not terrible for the catching position, considering he hits 231. So we've got Bieber, Holland, Austin Hedges, Justin Bohr, Alan Hanson, Jose Ramirez, Marcus Simeon, uh, A.J. Pollock, Michael Brantley, and Jock Peterson. Now, we talked about our golf uh, lineup and um, you know, like I said we've been doing very well on a weekly basis basically three of the last four weeks on Wednesdays my golf DFS lineup has made money like doubled money quadrupled money this one quadrupled uh, the money uh, Cam Stewart's DraftKings lineup absolutely killed it we didn't get have time to get into that uh, with Cam uh, today but uh, Cam's lineup absolutely killed it What did I finish with? Um, 609 points. I might have done as well as this before, but I don't know. I I think maybe I got 655 or something, but I think it's one of my higher golf scores, to be honest. But uh, Joel Damon got 110.5 DK points. He was owned by 18.9%. He ended up finishing in uh, eighth place, which is pretty good considering you know it was sort of a punt play I was surprised he was owned by so many people uh, we like Charlie Hoffman he finished in 29th place he gave us 84 draftking points Dustin Johnson was the play he was owned by 30 uh, percent of people he finished with 155 DK points uh, Keith Mitchell Keith Mitchell uh, was one of our punt plays he was owned by 21.4 uh, percent he finished with 68.5 uh, draftking points. Both me and Cam both liked uh, Harold Varner III. He ended up finishing in 17th. He was a really nice DraftKings pick. He was owned, though, by 26.4% of people. Sharp uh, sharp golf players, man. Uh, he got 100 uh, DraftKings points. And then uh, our boy Johnny Vegas was owned by 13%. Not a bad outing, actually. For 13% owned, he finished at 29th place. He got 90 points, so... Our, you know, our worst guy was Keith Mitchell at sixty-eight point five points. Hoffman, a little bit of a disappointment at eighty-four. I would say, if Hoffman could have done better, we would have done better. But we finished with six hundred and nine points. We quadrupled our money, which yeah, uh, hey, you can't complain in the betting world. If you times four your money, that's a great, it's uh, a great night, right? I look forward to uh, to the PGA next week. We got the Bridgestone this week. As I mentioned. The books don't always do to make the cut, um, you know, props. And I don't see any to make the cut this week for the Bridgestone, even though the Bridgestone is a pretty big one. Uh, But uh, we look forward to breaking down the Bridgestone uh, later in the week. And then next week, man, we get real. Uh, We'll get Dan Daly on. You know, I I like major golf week, man. I'm getting into it. I've always enjoyed golf majors, but I like it better when I'm winning a DraftKings, and I like it better when I'm winning $1,000 parlays on to make the cut. we got to get into the baseball and uh, the baseball board this evening. On the other side, uh, we'll go over our plays of the day and all the trends uh, of the day. Interesting baseball uh, card here this evening. Some interesting matchups, some, some good teams uh, playing. Uh, Philadelphia and Boston always um always cool when these two teams uh play. It's at Fenway tonight you got David Price and Aaron Nola on the hill. Red Sox are in the minus 160 range right now. The total is 9. You got the Marlins and the Braves. Um Braves playing in uh in meaningful baseball games. They're up to minus 170 uh right now. Chen has been horrible on the road. We didn't get into the Chen too much from a DFS perspective, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh Braves bats owned uh, tonight. Uh, you know, the Braves are minus 170. The Braves should win this game, actually. I'm not I'm not overly enthused by laying 70 cents here. And I've said it before, guys, so I'm almost scared here. But the Marlins, I've had a hard time picking games, the Marlin games, and the Braves, I've been on the wrong side of the Braves all the time. If I pick the Braves to win, they lose. If I pick them to lose, they win. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are minus 135 uh, right now. Uh, I am going to be interested in, in Bieber in this spot. Uh, D-backs are minus 220. It's pretty pricey. Normally, I don't like taking teams when they're back home after a road trip. And Remember last week we talked about this? Pittsburgh were 11-1 and on the road. They went back home, and they lost that first game back. This is a little bit different with Oakland, just because Oakland got swept over the weekend. So I think Oakland are in a good spot here tonight against the Jays. We'll give you our best bets, baseball trends, who's hot, who's not on the other side. Lineup lock live. Game time decisions continues.
0: Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app
1: job with the music by the boys in the booth today we're grooving light up walk live fantasy sports radio network i have gabriel moretzi enjoyable program uh, this afternoon with the raging uh, redhead and then uh, drew dickmeyer cam will be in for the uh, the full duration uh, tomorrow big man on campus uh will join us uh, tomorrow look forward to talking some mls soccer uh, with big man on uh, campus, really getting into MLS. I've always been, I've always been an MLS supporter. I've never been like a soccer snob. A, no, no, I so you know where we live in MLS country, right? So we're going to support MLS. Uh, but I've followed MLS since it's like pretty much its first years. I mean, I grew up. I used to go to North American Soccer League games, the NASL, and um, you know that was the big league before. Uh, before MLS, the NSAL still exists now, uh, but of course MLS is the big league now. But I tell you what, guys, if you if you think, oh no, MLS, on a night you know, pretty much whenever MLS games are on, they're entertaining as hell. They really are. They're just they're entertaining as hell. The LA Derby the other night between the Galaxy and LAFC was off the hook, and uh, last night Orlando. Orlando FC and the L.A. Galaxy, a back-and-forth game, seven goals scored, 4-3. Zlatan had a a hat trick, um, an electric atmosphere in Los Angeles. You know, you look at MLS attendance, and it's very good. It's not, you know, perfect in every uh, city. I think uh, Montreal could be doing a little bit better. I saw they got 19,000 over the weekend. I think they could do uh, a little bit better. But the fact is, they're not great. If they were playing better, I think they'd do better. Out west, it's really killing it. Yeah, you know, Seattle, 39,000. Los Angeles, uh, 24,000. But Los Angeles, pretty much that's what the stadium holds, so it's sold out. Um, we know about Atlanta's success. Atlanta's getting like 72,000 people, 60,000 people, et cetera. Monster football-style crowds uh, going to games in Atlanta. But I'm just saying the games are very, very exciting, actually. It'll be fun on Wednesday night. Uh, the MLS All-Stars take on Juventus um, in Atlanta, actually. It's a little bit disappointing. I was hoping that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to make his uh, Juventus debut. And that, you know, that tentatively was actually the expectation and the plan. But he's a little behind schedule. He actually just showed up today to Juventus' camp. So basically, like, Juventus have a bunch of their stars back in Italy. And they've got some guys. The team is split in two, essentially. So they've got guys back at home in camp, and they've got guys that are right now that are touring and that are playing, and then uh, they're all going to hook up next week, and uh, Ronaldo's going to make his debut next weekend, I believe. It's sort of like college. You know like college football does this, in which they'll have the scrimmage, like Alabama red versus white, Michigan Mays versus blue. They'll split the team up in two, and they'll play a game. I guess Ronaldo's debut is going to come in a inter-squad game for the fans. Like, it's in Italy. It's at their stadium, and people come, and they're going to split it up. It's like the starters versus the backups. That'll be Ronaldo's game. And I uh, guess, you know, the, the Italian league, I guess it starts pretty soon, actually. They're not all that far off, like a couple of weeks, mid-August or, you know. Because they said basically he plays in that game, and they have another exhibition game, or I think and then boom, they're off and running, and uh, he's going to play in his first their first league game. The MLS All Star team is uh, is freaking stacked too. They've got a lot of good players uh, on the roster. They don't win every year, but it seems I, I think they're in a good spot this year against this Juventus team that isn't uh, as stacked as they could be. In past years, if you look back at the history, too, like in the old days, Manchester United would play and just kick the crap out of the MLS All-Stars. You know, 4-0, 3-1, sort of easier wins. MLS has really come on over the past uh, couple of years, Uh, but um, they're looking for a win. Um, They lost, I think it was 2-1 to Arsenal uh, last year. So that that's going to be uh that's going to be some fun stuff on Wednesday night. Sort of the calm before the storm, you know. We're in the dog days of summer right now to be honest. Um you know, MLS All-Star game on Wednesday, but then on Thursday night we have the NFL. NFL preseason starts and I would expect the DraftKings, they don't have anything up yet, but they they do do preseason. So I would imagine they'll have a single game showdown for this on Thursday and then the following week uh the National Football League preseason begins in its entirety with every team uh, stepping up and in. All right, so let's uh, let's just take a look at some of the streaks that are going on in baseball uh, right now. It seems, you know, it seems like whenever we take a look at these uh, streaks, and this is compiled by Joe Williams over at VegasInsider.com, um, it seems like whenever we take a look at the streaks... It's the same teams essentially. There's a few teams that are hot and cold all the time, but let's start off with the Boston Red Sox who played the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. The Boston Red Sox, I mean, he's got—they're the best team in baseball. They're 18 and four in their last 22 games, and you know we do these streaks sort of every Monday. And if you look at you look at this, it's pretty much every week. We are uh, the Red Sox are 14 and two in their last 16. I mean, and they even stumbled a bit last week. They don't usually lose this much. So the Boston Red Sox are eighteen and four in their past twenty-two games. Uh, the Colorado Rockies are hot right now, and you know what? I don't have the Rockies on my card here tonight, but I think they could be a live dog. Actually, uh, they're sixteen and four. Uh, Anderson's been great for them. There's, and I don't really trust the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Colorado are sixteen and four in their last twenty games. Pittsburgh. We knew that Pittsburgh were hot. Uh, we'll see if Pittsburgh can keep this going. They're thirteen and three in their last sixteen games. Houston are on a four-game losing streak right now, and uh, San Diego or San Diego. San Diego are two and twelve in their past uh, fourteen games. Two and twelve. So to recap, Boston's eighteen and four in their last twenty-two. Colorado's on a sixteen and four run right now. Pittsburgh's on a thirteen and three run. They're the three hottest teams in baseball. Um, the colder teams, Houston 0-4, San Diego 2-12. And I actually like San Francisco uh, tonight. Seattle, you know, you got Paxton pitching. To me, it's going to be a close game. I like the under of that Houston game. Now, speaking of totals, uh, the Kansas City Royals are 5-2-2 and to the under in their last nine games. Uh, the Minnesota Twins are 6-3 to the under in their last nine uh the Yankees are four one and one to the under in their last six. Pittsburgh's three one and one to the under in their last five. And Milwaukee are four and one to the over in their last five games. So eh, nothing really of um nothing over the top as far as uh trends are concerned for totals. Um As far as some of the crazier trends of the day, the Oakland Athletics are 21-0 straight up as a favorite of uh, 130 or more off a road game in which they drew one or fewer walks and scored fewer than 10 runs. Oakland have outscored their opponents by an average of 4.38 runs in this situational spot. Uh, I do like Oakland uh, tonight. Uh, The Seattle Mariners. Wow, this is a crazy one. The Seattle Mariners are 0-23 straight up after the All-Star break as an underdog in the first game of a series with no rest when they last played a road game in which they left 18 or more runners on base. Mariners 0-23 in this spot. And conversely, who they play tonight, the Houston Astros, the Houston Astros are 9-0 and straight up in franchise history as a road favorite after a game in which Alex Bregman struck out at least twice. The Boston Red Sox are 11-0 and straight up as a home favorite with, with David Price if he's coming off, a, quote, a quality start in his last outing. And David Price has been strong uh, for the Boston Red Sox. So the one thing with the Red Sox, though, when we, when we get to the playoffs, is David Price going to hold up. David Price has never really been very successful in the postseason. Last year, hell, he was in a bullpen. Uh, they're going to need them to be successful as a starting pitcher. That's always been the thing with the Red Sox when they get to the playoffs. You know, in like the last couple of years, the Red Sox, in playoff games, they find themselves down, you know. Their pitcher will give up four or five runs, and they're, 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 they're playing uphill uh, after the fact. I think this Red Sox team, I think they're a little bit different right now, to be honest, but, you know, anything can happen in the baseball playoffs. We were talking about earlier with Cam, like the Cleveland Indians, you know, out of out of all these powers in the American League with Houston and the Yankees and the Red Sox, no one really talks about the Indians that much. But in a playoff series, if their arms are healthy and you have to deal with Carrasco and Bauer and Kluber, um, you know, it's it's not easy in a shortened series. But I'm not so sure Corey Kluber's healthy right now, to be honest with you. So where I'm looking tonight for my best bets uh, tonight... Gonna start off. I um, actually said the Marlins. I type my picks um, to my Patreon subscribers, and I said Marlins. I think they'll know. It's Braves, Braves, man. Right, I better correct this. I think they'll see the Marlins or not. My yeah. nice one seventy. All right, I'll have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to do an additional. MLB updated. Braves. Braves, minus 170. And uh, you know what? I've got a bunch of favorites here. I've got a bunch of favorites here. Let's sprinkle in the Rockies. What are the Colorado Rockies tonight as an underdog? What are we getting with them? Plus one ten. They're red hot. Anderson's really, really pitching well. We'll get to Anderson's numbers in a second uh, here. We'll get to uh to Anderson's numbers in a second. All right, so yeah, what I'm looking at here, I'm looking at the, the Atlanta Braves here tonight. Chen Chen really has problems. listen, Chen is not a very good pitcher, right? I've actually been burnt though betting against him a couple of times. As I stated earlier, I have bad luck with both the Marlins and the Braves, so I don't know. This is kind of crazy of me to be even look going anywhere near this stupid game. Uh, but if you look at uh, Chen, how about this? Chen, um, Chen on the road. His his ERA, ten point four seven. Opponents are hitting three fifty nine <laughs> against him. He's one in five in his last eight starts on the road. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's got an ERA 10.47 on the road. Opponents are hitting 3.59 against him. So, how the hell do I not take uh, the Atlanta Braves here tonight in this situation? So, I'm going to be on the Atlanta Braves, um, Cleveland Indians uh, tonight. I do like uh, the Indians in this spot, and you know the Indians are bad favorites, but the Indians aren't a bad team. They're 10 games over 500. And the thing is, they're only minus one thirty, 130, minus one thirty-five here tonight. It was minus one thirty, but people are starting to jump up on them a little bit. Now, I told you guys earlier that I've got Bieber as my DFS pitcher, but if we get into the deeper numbers um, here, um, in their we talked about it. Their last ten road games, the Indians are eight and two. All right, um, they're four and one in their past five games against teams with winning records. Even though uh, Minnesota don't have a winning record, but it just goes to show like they, they can beat good teams, bad teams uh, on the road. Um, they're 4-0 and in Bieber's past four outings against American League Central foes. They're 4-0 and in Bieber's uh, last four games against losing teams. They're 6-2, the Cleveland Indians. So the last eight times Bieber started, the Indians have won six of the games. And, you know, we talk about the Cleveland Indians feasting on bad teams. This is what they do. They're 63 and 22. The last 85 games the Cleveland Indians have played against losing teams. They've won 63 of them. So basically when betting the Indians you bet on them against the bad teams and you you bet against them when they play someone good. They're also on a 51 and 17 run right now in the division. So it's a pretty pretty nice numbers. pretty pretty nice numbers here for the Cleveland Indians. a lot of reasons to like uh, the tribe uh, tonight. Uh, Oakland Athletics. Um, The Oakland Athletics, a red-hot baseball team. We talked about the other teams that are scorching hot. The Athletics uh, were. They cooled off just a little bit um, going into into the Mile High City uh, over the weekend. Now they're back home, and I've talked about this often. Generally, I don't like taking teams in their first uh, home game back after a road trip. Um, but, you know, they've been uh, – how about this? The last 34 games, the Athletics are 27-7. and seven. All right, right, they played themselves right back into playoff contention. They're only two games uh, behind uh, Seattle here tonight. Uh, we got Marco Estrada on the hill tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays, set to uh, return. He's missed the last four weeks uh, with a strained glute. Um, he was getting lit up um, before. He did have a nice start earlier in the year. Against uh, Oakland. Edwin Jackson is on the hill. This is something that's a concern. Edwin Jackson, he's winless in July. Reality's starting to catch up. We talk about this often with these older pitchers. They, um, you know, like a guy like Jackson, he did well in a a couple of starts in his return. But then reality catches up. It's like Bartola Colon. So I'm not overly in love with Edwin Jackson here this evening. But I'm also not in love with Marco Estrada. Um, Chris Davis has hit seven home runs in his last eight games. Matt Chapman, 17 for 36 in his last nine games uh, right now. Something to keep an eye on. All right. Um, I'm on the Oakland Athletics. The Astros and the Mariners tonight. So we got Paxton coming back this evening. We talked about this game with Dick Meyer. What are we going to get from Paxton tonight? I expect Paxton to pitch well. Um, I don't know how long. He's probably going to go about five innings or so, probably about 80, 85 pitches, 75 pitches. When Kershaw came back, he was sort of in the 74, 75 pitch range. So I would sort of expect a similar situation. Um, Houston's offense is really, really struggling, though. Uh, you In know, they, the last game, one for seven with runners in scoring position. We talked about it earlier. The Houston Astros, since the All-Star break, the Astros are batting 196. Uh, you got Garrett Cole on the hill tonight. Uh, we know that Garrett uh, Cole's a stud. He already uh, pay, uh, pitched in Seattle, actually, earlier this year. Uh, he scattered five hits over seven innings, actually. Only gave up uh, one earned run. Where I'm going with this is under. I'm going to go under seven here tonight. I think Seattle's bats will struggle with Cole. Uh, Houston's lineup is a little weakened right now due to injuries. Uh, we, you know, uh, Drew Dickmeyer brought it up. Jose Altuve has been placed on the DL. Um, so I'm going to go with the under seven here. As I mentioned, Houston are hitting uh, just 196, actually, since the All-Star break. Uh, L.A. Dodgers, can't take my eight on the hill tonight. Um, Dodgers, to me, they're also one of the hotter teams in baseball. They've been killing it since May 19th they are the best team in baseball. And uh, Derek Holland, eight straight starts, guys. Eight straight starts for Derek Holland where he's given up three runs or less. I like San Francisco tonight. And a late bonus pick. Give me Colorado as an underdog at plus 110. So that's the Atlanta Braves, Cleveland Indians, Oakland Athletics, Astros Mariners under 7, LA Dodgers, San Francisco Giants, Colorado Rockies.